0: welcome to maranatha teaching podcast i'm your host femi Fenogio. we have joined a series that i've been doing on maranatha youtube teaching channel titled the bible we have joined the series at the beginning of another season which we have titled the story of the whole bible we are in genesis chapter 3 verse 15 this is where it is recorded for us this sentence that God passed upon the serpent. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed and it shall bruise your head and thou shall bruise his heel. We read it in Amplified. And I will put enmity, open hostility between you and the woman and between your seed, that's your offspring and her seed and he shall fatally bruise your head and thou shall only bruise his heel now we saw that this verse is pivotal this verse is central this verse is important to the to the story of the whole bible it is at the heart of the revelation of the scripture from now on against the background of what we've already lined up to now this verse actually Uh, give direction to the trajectory, as it were, of the rest of the whole story of the Bible. Now, when you look at this judgment that God passed upon Satan, there's something that is actually poetic (laughs) about this judgment. You know, Satan triumphed over humanity by doing what? By deceiving the woman. He came forth to the woman and he deceived the woman. The Bible tells us that Adam was not deceived, but he will likewise be beaten. (laughs) <laughs> by a human through the seed of the woman and i think that is usually i mean i think that is poetic that the devil came in subtly through the woman deceiving the woman but god said you know what i am going to defeat you by the seed of the woman that is quite important because when you look at the bible the bible usually traces the line of the offspring through the knowledge of the father that tend to be the way the bible does it but here At the very beginning, God said it will be the seed of the woman that will bruise the head of the serpent, And I think that is very, very important. And we're going to trace this through the whole scripture. So let's look back again at that verse we read, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. This time, I'm just looking at the King James translation. And I will put what? Enmity, and we saw what that word means between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shall bruise his heel. I want you to note this in that verse that the word bruise was used twice: bruise thy head, bruise thy heel, and it is the same word that is used in the original word, in the original language of the Bible in the Hebrew. It is the same word that is used for the two bruised. God said that. The seed will bruise the head of Satan, and Satan will bruise his heel. And we've talked about what is the meaning of enmity and what is the meaning of bruise. I'm going to return back to the meaning of bruise. So it is important for us to understand that this word bruise was used twice in that verse The, the seed of the woman bruising the head of the serpent, and the serpent bruising the heel of the seed of the woman. Again, like I said, it is the same word that is used in Hebrew for both of them. And remember we said the word bruise means to crush, to gape open, to crack open, to break, to snap, to fall upon something. So when we understand the meaning of the word bruise, we see that it is actually suitably applied to the, the seed of the woman bruising or crushing the head of the serpent. That will be a suitable application because to bruise something is to crush. So the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent, will gape open the head of the serpent, will break with snap. will fall upon the head of the serpent. That means that through the seed of the woman, God will crush the head of Satan. God will judicially put an end to evil throughout eternity. God will judicially put an end to the sum total and the summit. Of Satan. So it is important for us to understand this that the seed of the woman will crush the total principle, the essence, the fury, the mischief, the defense, the works of Satan. The seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. Satan will be totally cancelled. It will be totally vanquished. It will be totally expunged. It will be totally erased from God, God's kingdom, both in heaven and on earth. So we can understand that when the Bible says that the seed of the woman will crush, will bruise the head of the serpent. Well, what about the second bruising? And thou shalt bruise his heel. Thou shalt bruise his heel. That looks as if it's unsuitable to apply <laughs> bruising to bruising the heel because bruising means to crush, to gape open, to break, to snap, to fall upon something. But actually, when we look at it, it will look like the, in his delusion. Satan will attempt to crush the head of the seed of the woman. Because that would be the application. Satan in his delusion, and he's always delusional. (laughs) He had delusional grandioses. In his delusion, Satan will set out to crush the head of the seed of the woman. Because he knew that God said that is what is going to happen to his head. So Satan will want to turn the table around. In his delusion, he will try to set out to crush to bruise the head of the seed of the woman. And we'll see him try to do this through our story. Throughout the story of the Bible, we'll see Satan trying to do just exactly that. Of course, he will fail miserably. He will fail openly. His failure will be clear for us to see why. Because simply in this scripture that we read in Genesis chapter three, verse 15, it tells us that he will only be allowed to bruise the heel. He will only be allowed to bruise the heel of the seed of the woman that crushes that gap open that shattered his head. The devil will only be able to bruise his heel and will only be able to do that only in the process of the seed of the woman crushing his head. And again, all this will play out as we read through the, the story of the Bible that yes, God will allow the devil to to bruise the heel of the seed of the woman. The devil will set out to bruise the head, but he can't do that. (laughs) He's not powerful enough to do that. The word of God has already gone out that it is the seed of the woman that will bruise his head, but he will be allowed to bruise the heel of the seed of the woman. Now, note that even in this judgment, okay, remember, when god was passing the judgment upon satan adam and eve were listening to this they were listening to god pronouncing this judgment upon the serpent first line and upon the sec- the, the satan second line they, they were hearing this while they were waiting for their own judgment but one of one thing we saw is that even in this judgment we can see the mercy of god we can see straight away the grace of God, not the mercy of God upon Satan, because you remember what we said, that in the sovereignty of God, Satan is not open to salvation, okay? But we can see that even in this judgment that God was passing against Satan, there is mercy, mercy for God's human, mercy for the man and the woman that God has created. God calls upon Satan, contain word of hope for Adam and Eve, We can see the mercy of God. We can see the grace of God. In judging Satan, God declared his rescue, his recovery plan. He preached the gospel in the hearing of Adam and Eve. He preached the gospel. Even in this judgment, there was hope. Even in this judgment, there was good news. And this is the first announcement of the gospel in the Bible. Remember, we call it the Proto-Evangelion. In other words, the first declaration of the gospel. Here we have it. In, In this judgment that God was passing over Satan, God announced the gospel. Here was the first prophecy about the Messiah. Obviously, the time Messiah, the time Christ will come later. But in this first prophecy of the Bible, in the first prophecy about Messiah, which come during the judgment that God passed upon upon Satan, we actually here see the pronouncement, the announcement of the gospel, the proto-evangelion. The plan is very simple, but the plan is very great. (laughs) The plan actually, you know, show us the wisdom and the power of God. The plan involves the woman and the seed of the woman. So the gospel will climax in this seed of the woman. The gospel will climax in the pression of the seed of the woman, in the pression of the Messiah. And the outcome will be the bruising, the crushing of the head of the serpent. And this gospel will play out the the fulfillment of this prophecy, the fulfillment of the proclamation of the gospel, this gospel will play out in the rest of the story of the Bible. But we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, because it raises some questions for us. Satan has just triumphed over humanity. <laughs> and I dare say he did it very easily, he did it relatively easily. How will Eden be beaten? How will he then be outsmarted? How will his head then be crushed by the same humanity that Satan beat so easily? He outwitted them so easily. So how will the seed of the woman be able to overcome and crush the head of the serpent? If Adam and Eve in their sinless state were not a match for Satan's scheme, for Satan's width, how then will it be possible for the seed of the woman to defeat Satan? And I think that is that is a, a good question to ask. It is clear then, something is clear from the beginning that the seed of the woman will, in one hand, be someone like them, someone like the woman, someone like Adam, but will have to be better than them. The seed will share their humanity, but it cannot share their weakness. It cannot share their wickedness. For the seed of the woman to overcome, to crush the head of the serpent. It must be like the woman. It must be human. But it must be greater than Adam. It must be greater than Eve. So this is very, very, this is very, very clear. This is implied in this prophecy about the seed of this woman. But one thing is clear, that the hostility between Satan, that's the seed of the serpent, and the seed of the woman is a divinely orchestrated hostility that will end In the destruction and eternal cancellation of sin, evil, Satan, rebellion, and the fallen angel will result in their eternal cancellation, eternal removal, destruction from God's kingdom, both in heaven and on earth. We need to understand that what God said here is the war. What God is declaring here is an hostility, is a war that will end all wars. God has drawn the line. The battle line is drawn. This is the way God has planned to settle the question, to cleanse his kingdom. This is the plan. God had this plan in his heart all along. And God gave us a glimpse of this plan. But who will this seed be and when and how will He crushed Satan's head. So, who will the seed be? I know I've been implying it, isn't it? It It's so difficult to talk about this without giving it out. The other question is why did God play his hands so openly and announce the proto evangelion? Why did God play his hand so openly and announce to the devil in the hearing of Adam and Eve and in the hearing of all the host of angels? and in the hearing of all the fallen angels, why is it that God played his hand so openly? Was this not a high-risk strategy, you may ask? Now that Satan knows that a seed is coming that will put an emphatic end to him and his wickedness. I mean, this is emphatic. This will happen. And the devil is smart enough to know that once God said it will happen, it will happen. So the question is, now that Satan knows that a seed is is coming and this is the way god is going to emphatically deal with him will he not just corrupt the seed just like he did to adam and eve will he not just even kill the seed before the seed had the chance to fulfill this prophecy in other words before the seed have the chance to crush his head will the satan not just go around trying to corrupt or even destroy the seed and again I'm giving it out. When you read through the story, is the story of God fulfilling this gospel and the story of the devil trying to overturn this gospel, trying to corrupt, trying to kill and destroy the seed before the seed have the chance to fulfill this prophecy. So we're going to look at those two questions. Remember the question again: Who is the seed, and when and how will he crush the head of Satan? The second question is why did god play his hand so openly so let's look at the first question who will this seed be and when and how will he crush satan's head okay now The when and how it will crush Satan's head will have to be the subject for future teaching, okay? Because we'll we'll move into that as we move the story forward into the future. It is enough for us to know at this junction that that is what is going to happen. It's enough for us to know at this junction that will happen. The seed of the woman will come. The seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. But we'll, we'll get into the when and the how as this story develops, And we know that when that happens, when the seed crushes the head of Satan, the kingdom of God in heaven and earth will be cleansed of all contamination, of rebellion, of sin, of evil, of transgression. So let's go back to our question of who. Who will this seed be? Let's look again into our Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. God said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and thou shall bruise his heel. I've gone back to read that verse again because we can see that there are two levels here. At first level, God put hostility, enmity between two individuals, the serpent and the woman. And we say we're not going to go into that, the, the physical level, the human level of the hostility between human and serpent. Now, there is another level we could take that to, but we leave that alone. It is this second level. It is this deeper level that we are interested in. At the deeper level, God put hostility between the serpent's seed and the woman's seed. Remember, the question we are asking ourselves is that who exactly is the woman's seed? But when we read that verse, there are two seeds there. There's the seed of the serpent and there's the seed of the woman. And it is the same word that is used for both. And that word seed there means offspring, means descendant, means posterity. That is what the word there means. And the word seed is actually a collective singular. It's just like when we look at a word in English like sheep or like fish. If I say sheep, the question is, am I talking about one sheep or am I talking about a group of sheep or fish? Am I talking about one fish? Or am i talking about a group of fish so it's a collective singular in other words that word can be used as a singular or it can be used as a plural with no changing grammar And so it's very very important for us to understand that when god talk about seed here the seed refers to one singular specific individual but each individual exemplify a group and this is very, very important. The seed of the woman is speaking about one individual. And that individual we said will be the Messiah. That individual will be the Christ. And we know that Jesus is the Messiah, going ahead of ourselves. So the seed of the woman is talking about one singular individual. And the seed of the serpent is talking about one singular individual, and that is Satan. But each of these individual individuals a simplify and stand as a representative of a group, and the act of each individual, both their victory and their loss, will be accountable to the group. It's very very important. In the case of the seed of the woman, his victory will be accountable to the group that he represent or that he exemplify. In the case of serpent, his loss, his destruction, his cancellation will be the cancellation of the group that he represents or exemplify, And we can see that example in the scripture can't wait. When you remember the story of the fight between David and Goliath, you remember when the Philistines came to fight Israelites during the reign of Saul, the king, the first king of Israel, you remember how the fight goes. Both group, both parties did not actually fight each other. One party presented their champion. In the case of Philistine, they presented Goliath. Goliath was their champion. Without going into the whole story, Israel finally presented David as their champion. And the plan was very simple. Okay, whosoever wins between these two, won the, the battle. So if Goliath win, Philistines have won. If David wins, then the Israelites have won. And that is exactly what we are looking at here. So the seed of the woman is one specific individual, the Messiah, the Christ. But he is standing and exemplifying a group and his victory will be their victory. His victory will be recorded, will be accounted for the victory of the group that he represents. And obviously the loss of the devil, the loss which will come, it is clear, it is unchangeable. <laughs> the loss of the devil will be the total loss of the kingdom that he stands to represent. So let's let's move this forward. Now, since by man came the problem, by man also must come the solution. We're talking about the seed of the woman. So the seed of the woman must of necessity be human. Romans chapter 5, verses 15 and 19. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be died, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abound unto many. Verse 19. As by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Now, it is very, 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 very important for us to understand that. It was contrasting Adam And Jesus, we know that by the offense of Adam, many be dead. And we'll come back to that (laughs) in another teaching. Why should the offense of one lead to the deadness of many? It's the same question though. Why should the victory of one be accounted, be the victory of many? We've answered it a little bit because the seed is, that seed So it's a specific individual is exemplifying a group, but we are going to dig more into this. But he said that the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ has abounded unto many. And what we are saying here is that since by man came the problem, by man must also come the solution. The seed of the woman must of necessity, if he must help human, must necessity being human. The Bible. The hebrew call it a king's man a king's man you cannot redeem you know an hand cannot redeem a man and a man cannot redeem an hand. a man can redeem a man so it is of necessity that is become a man so this scripture said which is by one man jesus christ has abounded unto many so the seed of the woman must be human but it must of necessity be greater stronger wiser than the first adam because If he's like the first Adam, or if he experiences the weakness and the wickedness of the first Adam, it will be totally useless to us. He must of necessity be greater. He must of necessity be stronger. He must of necessity be wiser than the first Adam. So the Bible talks about another Adam. Who is like the first Adam, but who is greater than... Than the first Adam. I'm gonna stop there. We're gonna pick it up here by the grace of God's next teaching. We are talking about the seed of the woman, the necessity for that seed to be human, but the necessity for the seed also to be greater than the first Adam. And if you are listening to me, I want you to see the mercy and the grace of God, even in this judgment. God's mercy is here, and that mercy and grace is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Every one of us are destined for wrath, for destruction, for eternal judgment, but God in his mercy has provided a way out. You must come to Jesus. No other religion, no, no other religious leader can save us. You must come to him, admit that you are a sinner, and ask him to save you. He's the Savior, He's the Redeemer, He's the Deliverer. Ask him to save you, will. And salvation means that something will happen inside of you. It will take the dead heart, the, the sinful nature inside of you. It will take it out and give you his own nature, a new life. And then you, that life will begin to grow out. That's what we call growth. It will work with you on this earth. And when this is all over, because you are now his, you will spend eternity with him in the new heaven and new earth. Do it today. Do it right now. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.